Hello, everybody. Great to be here on this Monday evening. I have a very special guest with me, Samia Faria. She is currently a senior consultant brand marketing at Fleischmann Hillard High Road, or FHR for short. It's one of the largest PR agencies in the world. And Samia is committed to improving her knowledge of the social media landscape. Prior to working at FHR, Samia gained experience in digital marketing from working as an SEO or search engine optimization consultant at the Head to Toe Health Center. In this role, Samia advised the owner on her social media strategy, researching keywords, and setting up the Google Analytics and AdWords accounts. Samia continues to stay up to date with new trends in digital marketing and public relations. Samia has also done many guest presentations, including a recent presentation for Humber College's Public Relations Committee, and is set to speak on the media and marketing panel at the Next Steps Conference hosted by the University of Toronto later this January. That's coming up pretty quickly. So once again, it's great to have you on the podcast tonight, Samia. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Thank you for having me. At this time, I'd like to give you the floor to talk a little bit about yourself and what led you to PR and consulting. The floor is yours. Yeah, thank you. So, um, you know, currently I work as a senior consultant in the brand marketing practice at Fleischmann Hillard High Roads, supporting clients like Specsavers, Fitbit, and um, Capital One. Previously, before um, joining uh, Fleischmann Hillard High Roads, I was actually I started my career at a mid-sized PR agency called Torquia Communications as an account coordinator. And from there, I was able to, um, you know, support various clients doing media relations, um, leading accounts, uh, you know, supporting various clients from industries such as tech, nonprofit, and health. And, you know, I really liked that role. I really loved working with media. I, I loved using my uh, written communication skills. I and I really saw a career for me in PR. Um, so, you know, that's kind of what led me to stick to this field. But uh, before that, you know, I started my career in marketing. I worked in digital marketing, uh, you know, working for various uh, real estate brokerages. I, uh, you know, I worked as a marketing specialist for, for Bosley. Then I, I worked in a social media role for Remax. And then I did a bit of consulting for, you know, head to, uh, so a naturopathic clinic, which is, you mentioned in your intro, um, head to two health center. And also I did, uh, consulting for, uh, luxury, uh, for a jewelry company, uh, that specialized in like luxury goods, like creative jewelry pieces. So it's a little bit about myself. You bring a wealth of diverse experience to the table, which is great. And that actually segues very nicely into my next question, which is what are some new media relations trends that you've come across? And you can talk about any trends you've observed from FHR or from any other organizations or agencies that that you've worked with. Yeah. So because of uh, some trends that I've, uh, you know, come across in in media relations are basically because of the COVID-19 restrictions, a lot of reporters and producers have shifted to working from home. So this means you might not be able to call the appropriate reporters or producers to pitch your story by phone. To get your story covered, your email pitches need to be clear and concise to media. Your subject line needs to be clear and specific if you are sending story pitches. So for example, if you are pitching 
print web media, you need to write in the subject line story ideas. If you're pitching TV or radio, you'll have to write segment ideas. If you're, uh, you know, distributing press releases, you have to write release in the subject line. You have to be very, very clear in the subject line so the media knows exactly what the email is about. Also, um, you know, I've noticed that more producers of morning and afternoon shows on TV or radio are doing more Skype or Zoom interviews because of the COVID-19 restrictions. So these are some trends that I've observed um, in media relations right now. How could someone pitch more effectively in this current time? And if time sensitive, should it be done via email or over the phone and why? So the best way to pitch um, in this current time would be by email. Since more, uh, you know, media, they're working from home. So following up with them by phone could be a challenge. However, you know, if you follow up by email, they're much more quicker at responding to you. So, you know, you're going to get a quicker response. If you, you know, you could still follow up by phone. Um, you know, you could follow up with the newsroom. But there is still a chance that, you know, reporters from the newsroom, they're working from home. So they're not going to take your call. So email is your best bet if you're pitching in this current time right now. And if you send an email but don't get a response back, would you recommend following up? And if so, how long should a person wait? Yeah, I would recommend following up like the next day. So if you don't hear back um, from, uh, you know, from them, if, if you've done a distribution like, you know, today and you don't hear back from them before the end of the day, then follow up the next morning. And, um, you know, in your subject line, you know, write following up so that they know, you know, that you are following up about a pitch. And, uh, you know, those media, they're more likely to respond to you because you are following up regarding that pitch. And they'll, you know, they'll give you and they'll let you know their intention, whether they intend to cover it or not. So definitely follow up. Following up is definitely very important. Thank you. That's great to know. And I also greatly appreciate your point about being specific. I think that's something that a lot of professors teach students coming from the Humber PR program. I know that that was certainly one of the lessons that I remembered. So it's great mm -hmm. to know that that is in alignment with what's going on in the professional world. Yeah. On that note, what are some tips that you have, Samia, for building a strong media list? So, you know, when you're creating a media list for your press release distributions or story pitches, it's important to uh, make the media list very targeted. So you should have like three or four media contacts from each media outlets, um, whether it's News Talk 1010, 680, you know, whatever media you've decided should, uh, should be added to your list. Have three or four media outlets from those outlets. If you really want interviews for your spokesperson, try to add the morning, afternoon, or the evening and the weekend shows from TV and radio to your list. If you are doing national distributions for your press releases, but the press release is noteworthy, try to just add the newsrooms. The newsrooms will forward your email to the appropriate reporter, depending on the topic of the press release. Also, when you're creating your media list for your press release or your story pitches, um, you know, read through the documents to see what beats you will need to add to the media list, such as do you need business media? Do you need community uh, news media? Do you need automotive or tech? So read through the documents to see what beats you will need to add to the media list. So these are some good tips to keep in mind. 
And what software do you use to keep track of all of these media? So when I worked at another agency, we used Agility PR. Um, but at Fleischmann Hillard, um, you know, we're using Muckrock, also Newswhip. Um, but I've, you know, I like Muckrock, but I also like Agility PR better, which is really great when it comes to building media lists. Amazing. On to our next question, which is with regards to influencer marketing. So in your opinion, is influencer marketing worth it? How can brands effectively collaborate with influencers? And if you could also provide an example of a recent collaboration that comes to mind that went well, that would also be very good. Yeah, sure. You know, I definitely think influencer marketing is definitely worth it because collaborating with influencers will allow you to create, you know, engaging content you can later use on your, you know, for your brand to raise awareness. You can amplify your brand's key messages. You can increase your social media followers um, since those influencers will, you know, share your content, mentioning your brand with their large audience. So, you know, there are several ways that brands can collaborate with influencers. Um, you know, if your brand wants to raise awareness about its uh, new campaign, then it can partner with an influencer who's doing media tours. These influencers have good relationship with the morning and the afternoon show producers and partnering with them is very cost effective for four media, um, you know, for four interviews on morning shows across Canada, you could be paying like $3,000 to $4,000, where if you were to just, you know, um, spend money on a sponsored segment for, uh, for a morning show on, I don't know, CTV Vancouver, you could be paying like $3,000. So it's very, very cost effective. Also, another way that brands can collaborate with influencers would be by hiring influencers to be their spokesperson or brand ambassador. So I do have an example that I could definitely share with you. So when I worked at my past agency, I worked on Baskin Robbins to, you know, raise awareness about Baskin Robbins's Valentine's Day cakes. We partnered with um, a love specialist, Natalia Juarez. And, uh, we used her, uh, you know, we made her our, the brand ambassador for Baskin Robbins and we pitched her out to different morning shows on TV and also, um, shows on radio to talk about how couples can enjoy, enjoy Valentine's Day together. It was very successful. Like we were able to get interviews on Chin TV. We were able to get interviews on She Talk. She said radio show on, so it was a radio show in, I, I believe in Whitby and, uh, and a few other, like few other features on like print web. And, uh, she, you know, she just kind of talked about different ways that couples can celebrate Valentine's Day. She was able to kind of mention how Baskin Robbins, cakes from Baskin Robbins are, you know, sweet delights that couples can enjoy together. So we did have a lot of success, uh, when we partnered with that influencer. So that's that's an example that I have. Well done. And I can tell that it was a very exhilarating experience from start to finish. Thank you. What are your tips for not only surviving, but also thriving in an agency environment? Switching gears a little bit here. Yeah, sure. So, you know, when you work in an agency environment, it's you work in a very entrepreneurial environment. You know, things move really fast in an agency. Um, and, you know, like you could be working on one task, like drafting up a pitch note 
and the direction of the pitch can change like that same day, depending on client feedback or what's happening in, um, you know, what in terms of breaking news, like what's happening in the environment right now. So, you know, to really do well in an agency, you need to be open to learning new, uh, learning about different industries. Because um, when you work at an agency, you're expected to help out um, with different various different accounts. So you could be working on a tech client, you could be working on a health client. So you just need to be open to learning about the new industry, learning about new things. You also need to have very good um, written communication skills. So because, you know, you're going to be expected to use your writing skills to write various media materials like pitch notes, press releases, media advisories, client notes, um, you know, like, you know, strategy plans. So you just you have to have good writing communication skills um, or, you know, if, if you don't have it, you you need to be open to like, you know, improving on those skills, because I know. <laughs> When I joined, um, you know, at an agency, I didn't really have the best, uh, you know, writing skills, but I was open to proving that skill. And one of the ways that I did it was I, you know, I wrote like a blogs and I pitched it out to different trade publications. I, I created a blog on my website and I actually uh, wrote about topics that interested me. And when you, when you do things like that, uh, it kind of helps. Uh, with improving your your writing skills. Also, you need to have good communication skills because if you're managing clients and if you're leading meetings, then you need to have the confidence to lead those meetings, present your earned media plans, and know how to confidently support it if you get pushbacks or questions. So, you know, these are some things if you have, you, you'll be successful at an agency. For sure. It's very fast paced, no doubt. Mm -hmm. And you've provided some very specific examples of that. You mentioned blogs, which ties in very nicely with my next and last question, which is what are some tips that you have for and this is mainly for for students and and younger professionals. uh, What are your tips for building a strong online portfolio that can help students or young professionals get their next internship or entry level job? So the best way to showcase your skill set um, is by creating an online portfolio. So create a website, an online website. Could be on Wix, could be on WordPress, you know, whatever your preference. You know, create that online website. And, you know, in your, um, you know, in that online portfolio, showcase your writing skills, media relations skills, social media savviness, you know, graphic design skills, video editing skills. By adding elements of those body of work you've done in school, or in internship, or in your part-time or volunteer work. Um, so that's one way that I would recommend it. And also, because we're in such a creative profession, having a website um, that houses all of those work really kind of helps in verifying your skill set and showing employers, you know, your credibility and what you have to offer. So I would definitely say start a website if you have not already. And, uh, you know, put those little pieces together and start uploading it. And, um, you know, making that website as part of your, you know, adding it to your resume um, as another addition for employers to kind of learn about you. Absolutely. So for our, any students listening, be sure to keep your assignments and projects and start early because you never know when they'll come in handy. With that, we are now at the end of our episode five of Progress with Jacob R. I'd like to thank Samia once again for 
uh, offering her time and the opportunity to speak. I've learned quite a bit, and I'm sure many of our listeners have as well. So, Mia, are there any uh, social media handles our listeners can follow you on? Yeah, they could definitely follow me on Twitter, Fariha Samiha, or connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, you know, it's Samiha Fariha. Uh, if you search it on, uh, search me on LinkedIn. So, um, yeah, so feel free to reach out to me. I'm, my inbox is always open. I'm always open to helping students and uh, providing my insights about what it's like working in an agency environment. Amazing. Thank you so much, Samia. Thank you for having me, Jacob.